0: Your host, Katie Thomas, is the director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to newdaysolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there,
1: and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters. Coming to you weekly, bringing things like your quick ideas and tips about how to use money, grow money, have yourself better represented professionally or financially, and how you might you know, just make the most of all the things that you do. And so I'm really grateful for the Money Matters community that's been tuning in on a regular basis. So I'm going to ask a very special ask this week. I am really looking for people to take a few minutes on iTunes or now newly available on Spotify or wherever your podcasts are and take a minute and rank our show. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of what you're hearing, please take a minute to rank our show and recommend it hopefully so that others will maybe take a look at us and see whether or not they might be interested too. So if you've already done that, I thank you very much. If you have questions, you can uh, ask questions and comments write on our hot link and we will get those emails directly and we appreciate those too. We'll be happy to maybe answer some of those questions on the airs in uh, future podcasts. So with that all said, my shameless plug, let's get on to the show. So today I have I have Meg Myers Morgan and her thought is that everything is negotiable. Needless to say, you gotta know I love a woman like this. She's written a couple of books. Has a PhD, teaches, also does executive coaching and and leadership and speaking, and you know she does kind of all of those pieces that you guys know that I love that, right? So the idea about people that are willing to put themselves forward, kind of you know, as I always say, they're out there on the ledge doing backflips and jumping jacks and taking the big risks. So I've asked Meg to come and spend some time with us and talk a little bit about her latest book everything is negotiable, and then, of course, any other good ideas that come up. Meg, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Katie. So, you know, one of the things I was reading in your bio is that, you know, and I believe the same thing, that life is a series of negotiations. And so I'd love to have your thoughts about it because I think that this is a really important piece
2: to kind of kick off what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of as the title suggests, I think that when people think about negotiations, they're really thinking about, oh, negotiating for a salary or perhaps a better deal on a house or a car. So essentially, we relate negotiations specifically to money. But I don't, I don't think that negotiations are tied to money. I think they're tied to value. And really, when you're negotiating, you're just leveraging your worth to get more of what you value. And so this book, and sort of my argument is there's many opportunities where we can better assert our worth and get more of what we value.
1: And so you think about it a little bit differently. You know, there's a ton of um, you know, kind of tough love self-help books out there where, you know, they do like do 50 push-ups and run around <laughs> the block 15 times and practice your elevator pitch. But when you talk about this, you're not talking about it from that perspective. Can you talk a little bit more about? you know, how you think about this?
2: Yeah, so a lot of my um, tone of voice and my mode comes from, uh, I've worked with hundreds now of graduate students and higher ed is geared toward, there's more women in the classroom. So I'm I'm often working predominantly with women. That's kind of where my area of expertise is. And I don't find that that, for me and the women I've worked with, I don't find that tough love to truly be that helpful. I think that especially when you're talking about negotiating uh, against yourself or th- there's just a lot of personal concern, a lot of women, for example, a lot of women don't want to negotiate because they're worried of how they'll be perceived. And so tough loving someone through that concern never really worked for me as much as just understanding that and getting people past that that feeling. And so my talks and my work with students and clients and my book is just very much I wouldn't say it's soft. I'd say it's uh, funny and helpful like a friend that you're having a glass of wine with.
1: Love that. You know, I thought about that when I wrote my own book too, the idea about, you know, sitting on the couch and, you know, talking it over with somebody who really knew you and understood you mm-hmm. and then knew everything. Of course, my book's about money, but everything there was to know about money. Yeah. But your your book is very much the same way, the idea of, you know, this consultative learning Empathetic process rather than, you know, suck it up and go get it done because most right. women actually really don't respond very well to that. Correct. Yep. So
2: you're also a mother. Mm-hmm. Two children? Two children. One is seven, one is four, two girls. So in the middle of all this, we have a PhD, we have
1: a <laughs> master's in public policy. Yeah. We te- we've got kids. So we've got a lot going on. And I think yeah. that there are a lot of you know, I always think there are a lot of personal negotiations that you do mm-hmm. just to kind of make all of that work. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of challenges your successes had or to do all of these things? Or has that been, yeah. you know, I, there, I always think that there's there are women that that fear that they can't have kind of the whole life if they want to have children. And you actually have the whole life. So share with us,
2: how do we get the whole
1: life? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got the whole life and the whole life has now become making sure other women go out and have the whole life. Um, I had my first daughter when I was in the middle of my PhD and that was purposeful. It wasn't, uh, I I planned that and I planned that because I thought I'm going to just give, I'm just going to get everything that I want and I'll figure it out later. <laughs> and that's kind of okay. been the MO that I've seen. I'll have um, a ton of of women will come and want to do the graduate program that I run and And I will tell you, most of them will say, hey, I want to do this program, but I really also want to have kids, so I've got to figure out how to do both. And they sort of hem-haw and wait for the thing that isn't there yet, right? The kid that isn't there yet versus the degree they know they want to do. And so I'm often just encouraging women and, and men alike to plan for what you know that you have in front of you, and you're going to make room for it later. And that doesn't mean that it isn't challenging. Uh, I have a very good partner, but I also demand to have a good partner. And I think sometimes that's sort of the pushback I get is, well, you have a good partner. And so I think it's really negotiating that, again, negotiate a good partnership, negotiate all the things that you want, ask for those things, and understand that you'll sort of work it out. I had this great example of a, a woman who came to me and said that she was thinking about doing the program that I run or maybe doing an online program. And I asked her why she wanted to do the online program. She said, well, I'm thinking about having kids and that seems like it'd be more flexible. And so we sort of make up this story about how it's going to go. Right. She wasn't well, even pregnant. To go. She wasn't even pregnant. (laughs) So So
1: rather than just getting started and maybe, I don't know, finish the course before you get pregnant or while you get pregnant, which is what you did, they're like, listen, I'm not sure if I get pregnant, I'm going to be able to cope with that. So I'm going to do this online thing now because it's actually, you know,
2: I think it'll be a little easier later. Yeah. We compartmentalize a little too much. And we just don't ask that of our men and fathers. And so I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just saying at a certain point, I just had to say, nope, these are the things I want, and I'm going after them, and I'm going to make sure that I tell other women to do the same. Yeah, because sometimes you
1: have to negotiate who's going to do the laundry while you're
2: out <laughs> right. working on your PhD. Oh, well, and the other great part is the the idea for the book came from my daughters who, if you watch children, they negotiate so well. They know exactly what they want. They're going to stand their ground. They're going to fight for it. They're going to throw a tantrum about it. And while Anybody who's ever been to the mall with a five-year-old knows <laughs> right. this. Those are some beautiful (laughs) negotiations. We should be taking notes. So watching watching my kids be like that, I thought, man, how did we grow out of that as women? How do we grow out of being that forceful with what we want, even if it seems irrational sometimes? And so the book was born. (laughs) So that's
1: it, ladies. All you really have to do is think about, look at your kids and say... They really know how to get everything from me. How do I use some of these things to get what I need from others?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Kids do not care what you think about them. It's beautiful. They just go after it. And so it's been great. So my daughters have taught me as much as I feel like I'm teaching them. And so parenthood has also brought me that. Now, you talk a little
1: bit about how men and women negotiate differently. And I'll tell you, having been in business a long time, I see this all the time, Mm -hmm. that, that women almost often can just take it away from themselves before they ever get it. That's so well put. Yeah. So can you give women a few ideas about, first of all, what I mean by that? And then secondly, how they might change that?
2: Yeah. Women put obstacles in their way that aren't really there, like you said. So men don't really say, I'm going to, I want to do this, but I also want to have kids. Right. So we, we shouldn't say that we can have, we can have all the things, but I find three reasons why women don't negotiate one. They don't know they can. Two, they don't know their worth. And three, they're worried whether people will think. So a great example, at least when it comes to women I've worked with on salary negotiations, they'll say, hey, I just got this job offer, but I don't think it's a situation where I can negotiate. So there's number one. Number two, they'll say, and even if I could, I, I don't even know what I'd ask for. And then the third one, they'll say, and if I, if I negotiate, I'm worried I'll, I'll seem greedy. And so right there, without having any proof of any of that, they've shut themselves out of asking for more. And I've worked with men on salary negotiations, and I just don't see that happen. In fact, I see, and I don't know where this happens in the system where men know they can negotiate. I was never told to negotiate ever. So I, that that's kind of where You're I You're supposed see. to just say thank
1: you. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and in there,
1: ladies, r- lies the rub. I mean, I know that this is a co-ed show, but you know, you have to know that, you know, Having written the book, the hardworking woman's guide to money, my my, Mm -hmm. I see women do this to themselves a lot, and then can't seem to figure out what it is that they need. First of all, Mm -hmm. going into it, right, to fall back before you, before you decide, and say like, what do I need to be able to get from this? You know, I'm going to share this great story with you. I've got, I've got a niece who lives in Ohio, who, you know, we're all very close to, except she happens to be in Ohio, and she's got. You know, one of those situations where she's got joint custody of her daughter and she's going to be living in Ohio for a while, but her whole family is from New England and she misses her family. So what she does is she basically looks around to figure out she's been with the same company for 12 years, but maybe she can figure out a different way to earn her living Uh that will allow her to come home more often. So she gets a job working for an airline and she Hmm. gets to fly all of the time Uh for free. And Mm -hmm. she said to me, you know, I got a slightly shorter commute. Mm -hmm. I got a little bit more money Mm -hmm. and I got free flying Mm -hmm. for life (laughs) Mm -hmm. for me and, and my, my, the most adorable grandies in the world. (laughs) They can come home whenever they want. Right. And so she said, you know, I went looking for the job that would get me the two or three things that I really wanted. And then I found that job and I took a jump. I left a 12 year old job that they loved me. I wasn't, you know, wasn't going to become some big thing ever, you know, but I was pretty comfortable there. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to leave a job you're really comfortable with to go find a better niche. In fact, you know, Meg, I'll say to you, one of the reasons why I think that there hasn't been a real growth in wages, even though the economy has been good and everybody's like, well, unemployment's really low. And because I think people are Afraid to go out there and try for the new job mm, that mm-hmm. is better than the job they currently have, so employers
2: have just haven't had to pay mm-hmm. yeah, and I, what I like about your story is that negotiations only work if you go in knowing exactly what it is that you want. So you can't go into a room and say, "I just want more money. You've got to go in and say, "I want ten percent higher or, or whatever the case. So right. she was very clear on what she wanted, and that's you know what my book is trying to do is is help you clarify what is the outcome you're looking for? It doesn't always have to be more money. Maybe it's flexibility, maybe it's something else, but the clearer you get on what it is you want, the more successful you'll be in the negotiation. So
1: what we first have to figure out is what we actually want. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? What do you really want? You know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in the plan, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. I always have like the plan. What's yeah. the, What's the one year plan? What's yep. the five year plan? You know, what what am I actually trying to accomplish? Where am right. I actually trying to go? And then that helps me decide whether or not something that comes along is adding to the plan or doesn't belong in the plan. Yeah. And then I can move by that on to the next thing. But I think most people, it's more like uh cafeteria approach we're kind of wandering around in the general right direction and they go oh cheesecake you know next thing you know they're like well you know cheesecake's not on my iron man training plan but you know it's there i'm here it looks delicious why not yep and so i think that life is like that it's kind of like you know you either have an idea about where you're going or you're really just getting jello off a tray getting jello off a tray (laughs) so rather than get jello off the tray this is about coming up with a plan
2: And and beyond that, kind of what I argue in the book is coming up with what your story is, that we don't really spend a lot of time on our brand, our story, our niche, what we're good at. We spend a lot of time, especially when we're interviewing for jobs, trying to be that perfect thing for that that company versus going in and saying, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. This is the skills I need to harness. And I think that's why people are ultimately dissatisfied by a lot of their jobs because they weren't really clear about what they needed and wanted. They were Kind of like you said, walking around thinking, "Well, this might work out. I can, I can sort of bend myself um, to fit this." And I just—it rarely, rarely does that work. Well, and it's it's impossible
1: to maintain, right? You know, exactly. I mean, I can remember. I can. My husband said this to me, like when we were dating, like a thousand years ago. He said, "The big lie that women tell themselves about men is that they're almost perfect, but they could like change that one or two little things." That- <laughs> Right. Yeah. I said, you know, that's actually really true. Right. <laughs> Even if you want to be somebody different, it's only so you can only hold that facade for so long. Correct. And then eventually, you know, we are who we are. And so yeah. it's more important to go in with the idea that, you know, this is what I have, this is what I can bring to the table. This is how I think I can, I can influence what happens, you know, in your firm and mm-hmm. what I think I can add as a
2: value. Mm-hmm. And then also understanding what I value. And how far I'll push myself and not any further, you know, perfectionism is sort of a huge barrier, especially for women that we're trying to achieve. Like you said, some sort of thing that even if we achieved it, which we can't, we couldn't maintain it. Right. And you're absolutely right. Cause we're like people, we're
1: not machines. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always go, girl, you know, it's a girl. I'm a girl, you know, I right. mean, like, you know, I'm not a computer, I'm a person Right. right. and things are going to happen. Yeah. Just doing the best I can with what I've got. Yeah. So when we think about personal finance, uh, you've got a little, you talk a little bit about personal finance and where do you think women make their, their biggest hurdles
2: to jump? What do you think their biggest issues are? Against themselves. Sort of not understanding their own value, not thinking something that they do is worthwhile. Great example. Typically when people get offered the job is the moment at which they feel the least qualified for it. So they want the job. They want the job. They get the offer, and then they all of a sudden say, "Well, I've actually not done this line of work before. Maybe I'm not going to negotiate because, you know, I've been in this other line of work, or I'm I've just out of college, or or whatever the case. It's like the moment we get something. When when I got the book deal was the first time I was like, "Oh, I can't write. Right? Oh it's my like, we God, I'm this- going to have to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imposter syndrome, and instead of saying I'm clearly qualified, somebody told me I was. Like, I got the job." We sort of start stripping away our own worth at that moment, it feels like. Wow. So we're in our own way right from the very beginning. Yes. Okay. Now, having said that, there is definitely systematic issues and obstacles in our way. And I'm not, and I point these out in the book and I make it very clear that, it's not women's fault or whoever's fault for not negotiating. I'm just saying at the point where, where we can take responsibility and stand up and say, this is what I'm worth and this is what I want and I won't settle for less, like a three-year-old in the mall, if we're that um, tantrum throwing in a professional way, we can get more. Right. Uh, the other part of it is sometimes we don't really even ask, do we? Right, exactly.
1: So, I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily have to go down and do – well, we love it,
2: call like baby rigor mortis in the mall, but you do have to ask. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And what's great about this is the asking is the value. So I've never seen an instance where somebody's counter-offered and they took the job off the table. And if they did rescind the job offer, who would want to work there? So I had this right. student who I was working with and we were trying to negotiate her salary and the company just wouldn't budge. They wouldn't give her any more. And she finally decided decided she would go ahead and take it. Now she didn't want to counter. She didn't want to negotiate, but the, the art of asking made her realize her own worth. And she was so deeply unhappy to start working there because she knew the company just wouldn't work with her. And so she left after like six months. So it's, it, she didn't get what she wanted in the moment, but it raised her own belief in herself. And it helped her see that that company wasn't going to be a great fit because they just weren't willing to move at all. And then what kind of employer would that be? Yeah. They just wanted
1: somebody to say, thank you. Correct. Yeah. And I think a lot of employers are like that. I mean, and, and at the same time, I know that men get
2: more all the time. It's not mm-hmm. just because they're men it's yeah. because they ask. Yeah. My great story is my first job out of college. I was 21 and they showed me the salary and it was, you know, I'd been living on ramen. So it was like the, the most money I've ever seen, but it was abysmal.
0: And so I right. took it.
2: And uh, three months later, they hired in somebody at my same level, a man. And after that, the the president brought me into her office and said, hey, I just want to let you know, we hired in Dave at 5000 a year more than we hired in you. And it's not that we offered him more, it's that he asked for more. And so what she did in that moment was say, I'm going to raise your salary to meet his so long as you promise to never let that happen again. And that nice. story is Shaped me in a lot of ways, but mostly the idea of when there are people on the inside with power and influence to sort of pass that ladder back down and help everyone else. Because often, especially women, don't know. I, I just didn't know I could ask for more. I right. had to have someone tell me. So we really do need to be good mentors and to find good mentors that can be helpful. So, ladies, there's a little call to action out there, yeah.
1: you know, to first of all, to ask for what you're worth but also to make sure that you take the time to maybe help somebody else along the line, you know, if you can, because let's face it, mm-hmm. we could all, sometimes we can always use a little help. Yeah. If people want to buy your book or learn more about,
2: you know, this topic from you, how would they reach out to you? Megmyersmorgan.com. And the book is now available for pre-order on Amazon. It comes out December 4th. And that is everything is negotiable. Yes. And it is.
1: Five tactics to get what you want in life love, and work. Pre-orders are loved by all authors. So they if you're are. interested in this book, feel <laughs> free to go in and do a pre-order and 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 do a hardworking woman a favor. Yes. Meg, thanks so much for joining us Thank today. Thank you, Katie. time with you. Take care. Have a great day. And to my Money Matters listeners, don't worry, I'll make the next one for everybody.
0: Thanks again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.